0: Welcome to the Love, Heal, Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Erin Gray, and today we are diving into a topic I know everyone can relate to, overwhelm, and tools and techniques that will help you remedy this aspect of your life. This is going to be powerful and I hope life-changing for you. Let's get started. Overwhelm is a topic that I think all of us can relate to, and I think that we move in and out of overwhelm in different times of our lives, but we also move in and out of overwhelm in different plateaus of our life. So as we awaken spiritually and become more conscious, and you may already have experienced this several times in your life, there is what I like to show as an incline. And that's when we're awakening, it's really uncomfortable, things don't make sense we feel super overwhelmed, we feel super sensitive, and then we hit a plateau. And it is in this plateau that we find our sea legs to our new level of consciousness. And we sit there in that plateau for a little bit until our soul feels ready to incline again. But it is in these moments of incline that... (laughs) They, I mean, they feel wretched, they feel uncomfortable, they feel new, we feel expansive, we feel and expansive in not always the most pleasant way, like, out of our comfort zone, expansive, we start to notice the world in different ways and see people in different ways. And the challenge here with that, is that once you have this awareness, you can't go back. It's this dirty little secret of awakening. <laughs> that once you are awakened you can't unsee things and so people need to be ready and prepared or or get tools really quickly if you're not prepared you then surround yourself by teachers and wisdom and knowledge and guidance to begin to find your sea legs and your soul will never incline again until it feels nice and sturdy in that plateau but I personally love that visual, incline, plateau, incline, plateau. And also know if you are on your incline, your plateau is coming. (laughs) Let me say that again. Don't worry. If you are on an incline right now, your plateau is coming. And this is this place of nourishment, recalibration, before you continue to ascend even more. So let's break down that incline as to what it looks like. It looks like overwhelm. So, according to Very Well Mind, this is the one article I'm gonna pull, I'm gonna include it down in the link below. This was written by Sanja Gupta, and she quotes Dr. Sabrina Romanoff, who is a clinical psychologist and professor at Yashira University. So she says, overwhelm can look like irrational thoughts, paralysis, disappropriate reactions, withdrawal, pessimism, move change, cognitive fatigue, physical symptoms. Yes, 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 yes. I totally agree with all of that. And that also looks a lot like spiritual awakening. <laughs> we can say all those same things about Spiritual and energetic awakening. We, when we are inclining, we feel less grounded. So this is why we need to do the work to remain more grounded as you are inclining. So you have fewer irrational thoughts. You have more grounded thoughts. You spend more time in meditation where you aren't thinking. So that you come to this quiet presence this quiet knowledge, this source of answers where there are no thoughts. Paralysis, we feel too nervous to make a decision, or we may just be moving from one busy task to another, or just in total analysis paralysis, because we are seeing the world differently. We are seeing people differently. We're seeing energy differently. We are finding this higher level of awareness and again your plateau is coming (laughs) so we may only be in this moment of paralysis for a moment and if you can if you are in this place of analysis paralysis try to break it down into the smallest steps possible what tiny little thing can you do today what three steps can you do today you know and you can begin the night before And just write down three things that you're going to do the next day, just to inch yourself forward. But my best recommendation on all of this is to ground and meditate in the morning and at night. And this will move you through that incline even farther and faster. Disappropriate reactions. Again, being ungrounded, being expanded. And we're going to talk the energetics of overwhelm in just a little bit, which has a huge part to all of this. It causes this abundant reaction because we feel so energetic. We feel so emotional. Our energy is running high because we are trying to find our sea legs and withdrawal. You may find yourself pulling away from people or things, and that is okay. It's incredible for you to go spend time in nature. Trees ground us. Earth grounds us. Mama Earth grounds us. So going and actually withdrawing and meditating, but also spending time in nature, Allows you to find this new level of energetic balance. And so, with that, right, with the disappropriate reactions, comes pessimism, mood change, and cognitive fatigue. You are finding your new you. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. But being gentle and kind and compassionate with ourselves through this helps us to understand that overwhelm, while uncomfortable, is serving a purpose. And when we can put the right tools and techniques and perspective around overwhelm, we start to become a little bit more comfortable with it. So this article goes on to continue to say reasons why you may feel overwhelmed. And I would state that these are external reasons why you're feeling overwhelmed. And we're going to spend One bullet point on this, and then the other four are your internal reasons, (laughs) which is far more impactful to your overwhelm. But the reasons why externally we may feel this overwhelm, it could be a loss of a loved one, excessive workload, conflict in personal relationships, relationship difficulties, financial problems, health concerns, traumatic experiences, environmental or political issues, major life changes, or even just toxicity either relationship toxicity or embodied toxicity. So all of these point the finger outside. And this is like trying to turn on the air conditioner inside your car from the outside. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to be able to do it as hot as you get. You're not going to be able to touch that dial from the outside. You've got to change that dial from the inside. Dr. Jordan Peterson, he's amazing, I love him, (laughs) but he has this incredible personality test that he talks about on his social media quite a bit. And one of the aspects that I find really, really interesting here is he will talk about people either have a demeanor that is contented or discontented. And for all of you contented people listening, you love life. You want to be happy. You, want, you are positive. You see the best in people. And for you discontented people listening, there's always something wrong or there's a frustration or how come things can't be this way? You know better. You know that things should be this way, this way, and this way. And guess what? We need contented and we need discontented. However, each of us, if we're not careful, may spend a ridiculous amount of energy and time trying to shift the contented or the discontented person into our way of thinking. But they're never going to change. They're never going to change to your way of thinking. Just as you see the world your, your way, they will see the world their way. And so spending this energy ultimately lowers our energetic frequency, and sets us up for a greater state of overwhelm. So again, focusing on external people, changing the people around us, rather than changing our own internal setting, will create this exhausting overwhelm by placing that focus on people that we're not qualified to change. We are only qualified to make changes and shifts within ourselves. And when we can begin to acknowledge that, this level of overwhelm diminishes. The second aspect of overwhelm I want to dive into is this understanding of what is your responsibility and what is your higher power's responsibility. And again, much like the external focus versus internal focus. This is kind of this on a larger scale. What in your life is your higher powers responsibility? And what is yours? So you can be responsible for your tasks, but how people respond is not your responsibility. What is happening in this larger world? What is happening in this larger world is not your responsibility. I mean, certainly you can recycle, you can live green. Those are all really important good things. And those belong in your responsibility chart. But the overall umbrella response to your choices is out of your control. So a great activity to manage this is to actually make a chart that on one side says higher power responsibility and On the other side of the chart, says my responsibility. So you can begin as you are sitting in this state of overwhelm. What can you assign to your higher power side that you no longer have to worry about or think about or stress about? And you will be surprised, I imagine, at how few things are actually on your side. We can control our breath. We can control our thoughts sometimes if we meditate enough, (laughs) but even those are often a conscious effort and a conscious choice. And we can choose the tasks that we do and we can choose the things that we do, but we can't, we can't control the effects of our tasks or our choices. And so beginning to understand and let go of the attachment of the result of our actions is so liberating and so freeing and allows us to have this space to once again, energy is common denominator, raise our energy and begin to attract new and more abundant people and things and blessings into our life. So this October is going to be the 10 year anniversary of my book, Angel Birthdays being published. And I can tell you, 13 years ago, I felt super overwhelmed about that. I wanted it published. I didn't know how it was going to come out. Was I trying to find a publisher? Was I going to self-publish? I was pitching all these publishers, denied, denied, denied. Overwhelm. Definitely an inclined moment for me at that time. And then one day I decided and I made a choice. I created a website. That was a task I could control. And then I then hosted a little party with some of my friends to get them to share my website. So then at that party, the higher power came involved, got involved and brought a friend there who said, Oh, Hey, my really good friend is an illustrator. Let me introduce you to, and then that woman ended up becoming my illustrator. And then I decided that I would self-publish. I made another choice. I decided I would self-publish, and then I decided I would set up a Kickstarter, and then a publisher found me via that Kickstarter. I ultimately ended up having that book published by a publisher, but rather than living in a state of paralysis, I made the choices I could make. I made decisions, small ones, step by step, and then ultimately was able to achieve. (laughs) The one thing that I really did want that 13 years ago felt super overwhelming, but that 10, 10 years ago, my book was published. When we can actively choose tasks and make choices, small choices that move us toward one step at a time toward our ultimate goal, we can look at that. I even breathed myself. (laughs) That is exactly what I want to happen for you. We breathe easier. We relax. We move into our guided purpose step by step. And it feels relaxed. It feels fun. It feels abundant and joyful. Number three, we're going to talk emotional inventory and the polarity of emotions and how that can cause overwhelm, but how, when we can own this and see this from a different perspective, can begin to reduce our overwhelm and actually really make us appreciate our emotions. So if you've been following me for a while, you know, I have a college student. If you don't welcome, I'm so happy you're here. And I have a college student, brand new freshman. So she rides on the horse team of her school and they a few weeks ago had a horse show nearby. And so we actually got to see her which was so exciting. But she drove down with the team that morning, did had their amazing horse show and then drove back that night. And it was this first moment of true adulting. Because as adults we we look at our life with our parents and we meet up for dinner and we each go back to our respective houses. But this was this first moment where she came from another location. I got to see her for two hours and then she went back to her location and I was everything that day. I was sad. I was grieving the transition. I was so happy for her. Her show was amazing. I'm happy for the friends she has. I'm happy for all the success she is having. I'm so proud of her. I'm sad that our family life is different. I'm grieving this chapter closing. It is every single emotion and that's okay. (laughs) I am becoming more and more comfortable with this breadth and depth of the emotional spectrum. Because so often we believe we've been conditioned to believe that grief or sadness is wrong somehow. But what if, play the what if game for just a moment, what if grief or sadness completed the picture of joy and exhilaration and bliss? So it is this polarity of emotion, being able to feel something equally intense on both sides of the spectrum, just like a scale uh, that might be balanced on either side. If we have grief on one side and joy on the other, if we are feeling both of those emotions in equal intensity, we have balance. One helps to balance out the other. And this is often why in my grief minister training, they would recommend that when we have clients that are really deep in their grief, that we often suggest that they go out and do some volunteer work or go out and help a friend or go help someone else. Because in helping someone else, it moves us out of This self-centered space and helps us to give and have compassion for someone else. And it helps to energetically balance our grief with joy so that energetically and vibrationally we we meet in the middle and find this balance and strength by experiencing both. Number four, rumination versus imagination and remaining in the present moment. When we are in the present moment, very rarely do we feel overwhelmed. It is the weight of the past and the worry of the future that creates more of this energetic overwhelm because we're not here right here in this present moment. And so rumination is how we live in the past. We retell these stories over and over and over again. I should have said this. I should have done that. This energy exhausts us. It depletes us. So when we can draw back all that energy that we're using on something that we can't even change, we are able to remain more present, and raise our energetic frequency so that we can then draw in abundance and blessings. And the same is true about worrying about the future. So we use our imagination to create all sorts of scenarios. I know you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) This might happen, or she might say this, or I need to be prepared for one of 10 scenarios. Do you know how many speakers I have listened to that say they rarely even prepare notes so that they can remain present and respond to the feeling that they're feeling right now. I personally can't do that quite yet. I want to be more prepared for that for my talks. However, it's been this interesting aspect, I think, that just responding to this present moment allows you to take in the magnitude of each second, because we draw in what we focus on. So the universe does not hear negative. It hears only existence and non-existence. So if you are continuing to think about something that you don't want, you are drawing that in, drawing that in bit by bit by bit. So my daughter, many, many, many years ago, was at Girl Scout camp, and I was petrified that She's gonna get bit by a tick. I would spray her down with bug bug spray. I we had socks up to the knees. We had jeans. We followed all the rules. Spray, spray, spray. And she ended up getting bit by a tick through her shoe, through her sock, and on the top of her foot. Because that's all I thought about. That's all I thought about was this tick. Was this tick? Was this tick? when we think about something, we draw it in. She's super healthy now, and we've made it through that whole process, which is amazing. She's healthy and happy and so great. And I also learned a really valuable lesson through that. So I want my valuable lesson to be valuable for you too. The universe does not hear negative thinking. It hears presence So, don't think about the things that you don't want in your life. You will draw them in. Let's focus on the things that you do want to bring in. And when something shows up that you don't want, you can say, Wow, thank you, universe, for showing me what I don't want. So, we don't want to totally ignore that, but we can flip it around. not worrying about it, (laughs) not worrying about it in the future. And if it's happened, not worrying about it from the past and not trying to redo it. Rumination and imagination exhaust our energy, which lowers our energetic frequency, which then ultimately draws in lower people, lower experiences, lower vibe. As we eliminate those and remain in this present moment, We raise our energetic frequency and draw in people, places and blessings that are higher vibe and are greater blessings. Number five, the energetics of overwhelm. Ooh, my favorite one to talk about. (laughs) So often why we feel overwhelmed is all the things that we've talked about. But energetically, what is happening is that our aura has become too, too broad, too wide around us. So our aura is this energetic cobweb that surrounds us 360 degrees around us. And each layer of our aura is made up from the energy that flows out of each one of our seven chakras, creates a layer of our aura. A healthy aura is about 18 inches around our body, but when it becomes greater and bigger and wider... Then we are drawing in the energy from the people that enter that we are drawing in energy from the space around us, from the people around us. You know, my daughters learned from a very young age, uh, white bubble to place around your aura if we were going to the county fair or pink bubble around their friends. So a pink bubble would be, helps us to feel love and connection. And white bubble is just protection. So anywhere we went to big crowded places, amusement parks or fairs or something, they all knew white bubble, put a little white bubble around you. So then then when they got home at the end of the day, I didn't have toddlers or young children that were totally overwhelmed and energetically exhausted. If you were listening and you have a young child who melts down when they get home from the mall, the fair, the amusement park. It's not just because they're hungry and tired. They have taken in all the energy from all the people that they've been around, all the rides that they've been around, all the frenetic energy from each of those places. They have absorbed and their meltdown is their energetic way, their energetic system way of releasing that energy that is not theirs, because they recognize it. So we can, one, begin to recognize whether or not it is your energy, or someone else's. So if, for instance, with the amusement park, right, often they have taken on so many people's energy, they don't even know whose energy they have taken on. So you can just assume it is fair or amusement park energy, just release it, let it go, send that preventatively, put the white bubble around. But if you are home, just imagining if you can put them right into the shower or the bath, imagine this beautiful golden light pouring into the crown of your head and just filling up every single cell and then allowing that golden light to become this filling up this ball that then pushes out anything that is not theirs. It releases, it lets go. It allows you to have a more peaceful homecoming. You can even begin this right when you get in the car. Actually, you don't have to get in the bath. <laughs> it can be your bath before the bath. Secondarily, when you have just seen someone and an hour later, do you notice you are feeling sad the way they were feeling sad or mad the way they were feeling mad or upset? You can begin to discern Are these my feelings that I'm feeling or are they someone else's feelings that I'm feeling? So often when we're feeling overwhelmed, we have taken on someone else's energy, someone else's feelings. So again, using that golden light to push out what is not yours. I also this week am putting on my YouTube channel an incredible meditation. So I encourage you to partake in in my weekly meditation to go to YouTube slash Erin Gray and do my Sunday meditation. This is designed for this very thing to prevent overwhelm, to clear overwhelm, and to set you up for success before, during, and after any type of experience. So why does our aura get so big? Well, a lot of different reasons. One, if we have had a traumatic Childhood. If you were abused as a child, or something happened to you that was intense, that needed to, you needed to leave your body, or you needed to sense in a room if it was safe, whether or not to go in. So what happens as a child is we come to the doorframe and we throw our aura energetically out into the room to sense. So our aura is like this cobweb, this energetic cobweb that senses whether or not it is safe to enter a room. As a child, we just do this inherently. But when we repetitively throw this aura out to determine whether or not we're safe and repeatedly determine that we aren't safe, well, then our aura remains out and expanded because we feel less safe in the world. And I have seen this not just in traumatic childhood experiences and even into adults. So it's adults that have spent their entire life feeling overwhelmed that then ultimately learn how to draw their aura back in. And then they begin to understand what presence feels like, what faith feels like, what trust feels like when we draw in that energy and trust and know we are safe right here, right now. So I've seen enlarged auras for intense trauma as a child. I've seen this actually a lot in adopted people. So people who had been adopted as children. So I've seen this in children, but I've also seen it in adults in response to being adopted. So of course, adoption is such a beautiful, wonderful, amazing thing. But if you think about that from the baby's experience being, not having their biological mother there for whatever reason, that can be biologically challenging. And am I safe? Am I safe if I'm not with my biological mother? More often than not, it's a wonderful thing and they are very safe. But having compassion for the adopted child, knowing this could be, a response, just an energetic, natural, protective, energetic response. Not personal, just is what it is. Teaching them how to draw this energy in is a powerful way to teach them to be grounded and to resolve their overwhelm. And third, inner city life. Walking around busy cities, we are constantly on alert, what's happening in front of us, what's happening behind us to the right to our left. So having this constant stimuli, this constant awareness charges us with the responsibility to have that aura expand a little bit wider so that we stay safe and secure. But when we can begin to know and trust and be grounded in our energetic state, Then we begin to feel safe, secure, and protected and provided for in every moment of every day. So grounding your energy is going to make all the difference in the world. So you do this, again, going back to my YouTube meditations, YouTube slash Aaron Gray, I ground every single meditation because it is this important. It helps us to never feel overwhelmed. It helps us to feel grounded and safe and secure and protected. So we draw our energy and our attention down to our pelvic floor, seeing this tree root push down through the many layers of the earth, clicking into mama earth. And I always like to give gratitude to mama earth. She does so much for us. And I think it's appropriate that we give gratitude. So thank you, mama earth for grounding us, nourishing us, taking what no longer serves us. And you can release what no longer serves you down into the center of the earth. There exists this beautiful hot molten lava. We allow that hot molten lava to transform into strength and nourishment and preparation. And then we invite that hot molten lava up that root, filling in your pelvic floor, the base of your spine, your perineum, welcoming in this nourishment, welcoming in security, protection, provision, faith, trust. And when we can feel this nourishment here in this energy center, it assists in drawing in our aura. It assists in helping us to feel safe, provided for, and protected so that we can feel less and less overwhelmed every time we put this technique into place. I would love for you to join me on YouTube. Truly, I have so many great meditations there that help you feel grounded, safe, secure, and no longer overwhelmed. And I hope that this episode really enlightened you about the feeling and energetic experience of overwhelm. So just to recap, you have your external focus versus your internal focus. You have your higher power responsibility versus your responsibility. You have your emotional inventory and your polarity of emotions and knowing that one helps to balance the other to bring you into this perfect state of emotional equilibrium. Mindfulness, no worry, no imagination, no rumination, but living here in this beautiful present moment. And finally, understanding and basking in the energetics of overwhelm, understanding how to draw in that aura, how to ground your energy so that you can remain safe, secure and protected and present every moment of every day. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I'm so, so grateful. Be sure to share this episode with your friends and family. I know everyone needs this information on overwhelm because it's something we all struggle with and we don't need to. So please share this. And thank you for subscribing and sharing. And I will see you next week. Love yourself enough to heal. Heal yourself enough to thrive. Take care.